What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this Thursday? We hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. Something very interesting happened out here on the Outer Rim. I just found out about a new Star Wars book that celebrates all seven seasons of the Star Wars Clone War. In this new collector's edition book, all 133 episodes of the Clone Wars animated series are covered in depth. This book was released on April 5th, so you can pick it up right now. And since this podcast is based upon the writings of Star Wars, I thought what better place to let y'all know about it. Now that I covered that, I think it's about that time that we get back to the story. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. What role you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. Sarah sat alone in the small windowless office, trying to gather her courage. The only furnishings were a simple desk and the chair she currently occupied. The unadorned walls were a depressing shade of brown, their stone surface rough and unfinished. A small safe had been built into the rock wall, and a single door led out into the hall beyond. The princess wasn't naive. She understood that the room reflected the opinion most offworlders had of Doan. They saw it as an ugly, grimy pit. She knew that those who lived in the strip mines on the planet's surface felt the same, but she had seen the planet's true beauty. Built on the plateaus atop the rock columns, towering high above the choking clouds of dust and pollution, the cities of the nobility were blessed with bright blue skies nearly every day of the year. Every morning, the rising sun reflected off the burnished spires of castles built on plateaus hundreds of kilometers to the east, lighting them up like candles in the gray of the early dawn. In the evening, the sandstorms rolling across the desert seemed to dance on the horizon, alive with flickering bursts of color as the setting sun flashed off quartz chips caught up in their swirling embrace. Even after all these years, it could still take her breath away, just as it had when she first came to Doan. After leaving her father's camp on Ambria, she had traveled the world to the Outer Rim, using what he had taught her to help the less fortunate and establishing her reputation as a skilled healer. When the crown prince contracted a mysterious illness, the king had hired her to tend to his son. She had instantly recognized the symptoms of Idolian fever, a deadly but treatable infection. For three months, she nursed him slowly back to health, and by the time Garen recovered, the two of them were in love. You saved his life then, but you didn't have the power to save him from the terrorists. If you were stronger, he might still be alive. Sarah shook her head in momentary confusion. The thought had been in her own voice, but it had somehow seemed alien, as if someone else was speaking inside her head. Except for herself, the office was clearly empty. The door was closed, and with the sparse furnishing, there was no place for someone to hide. She cast a wary glance at the small, four-sided pyramid sitting on the edge of the desk. It had been stashed away almost carelessly in a small duffel bag the mercenaries had brought back to her. Sarah's connection to the Force was strong enough for her to feel the power inside the artifact, trapped beneath the surface, just waiting to be released. Why didn't the Iktachi claim this for herself, she thought. She should have sensed its power too, even hidden inside the bag. Something else must have drawn her attention. Picking up the pyramid and holding it at arm's length, she crossed the room to the wall safe. Punching in the combination, she unlocked it and placed the pyramid inside, then closed the door sealing it safely away. The man in the dungeon was a Sith Lord. Anything he possessed was an instrument of the dark side. 
Sarah wasn't interested in exploring its power. She was only interested in him. He had arrived three days ago, yet she still had not gone to speak with him. As per her instructions, he had been kept drugged and helpless the entire time. Now, I think this would be a perfect time to get to our sponsor for today's episode. Have you had any type of ailment lately that has caused you some discomfort? Then you need to try some Tauntaun Tonic. It is guaranteed to get rid of anything you might have come down with, from muscle aches to fever. It will cure it all. Just ask your doctor to prescribe you the best medicine in the whole galaxy. Tauntaun Tonic may cause uncontrollable diarrhea, blindness, hibernation, sickness, and most likely death. Use at your own risk. Now she knew she couldn't put it off any longer. It was time to go face her demons. Her face set in grim determination, she left the office and marched through the twisting halls of Doan's infamous Stone Prison, heading for the interrogation cells. When she had first learned about the vast dungeon complex built into the rock several kilometers below the castle, Sarah had been horrified. Historically, the nobility had used the Stone Prison to make political opponents vanish. Trapped at the heart of a rock column several kilometers high and hundreds of meters in diameter, any prisoners inside would be shielded from detection by scanners. A person could disappear forever in the underground labyrinth, spending the rest of their years in shackles, tortured for information or simple sadistic pleasure without any hope of salvation. In the event a rescue was somehow attempted, the entire complex was rigged so it could be collapsed with a series of explosions that would kill not only the prisoners, but their would-be saviors as well. The carefully engineered detonator charges would activate in a precisely timed sequence, destroying the dungeon room by room while allowing the guards time to escape. The royal manse and other buildings on the surface thousands of meters above would suffer only a few mild, though unmistakable, tremors as the entire complex below was reduced to rubble. Garen had still been alive when Sarah learned all this. He had explained that the stone prison hadn't been used in over 40 years. It was a relic of a more brutal and repressive era. In response to public pressure brought to bear by the Senate, it had been closed down. It wasn't even staffed any longer. Yet at the urging of his betrothed, he swore that once he was king, he would have the infamous dungeon permanently sealed, a gesture to symbolize the new relationships he wished to forge between the nobles and the miners. But Garen was dead now just like her father and she was the one who had hired mercenaries to capture her enemy and bury him forever inside the stone prison's cold, dark cells. She couldn't help but wonder what they would think of what she had done. What would they say if they were here right now? Sarah pushed the thought from her mind. They weren't here. Her father and her husband were both gone, forever taken from her, and she was left to deal with the Sith Lord alone. It took her nearly ten minutes to make her way from the office through the maze of passages and rooms to where the prisoner was being held. Although the corridors she traveled were illuminated by pale lights in the ceiling, many of the halls led off into darkness. Her mercenaries had only reopened one small section of the complex. The rest of it was still deserted. The man she was going to see was being held in one of the maximum security cells accessible only by a single staircase guarded by locked durasteel doors at the top and bottom. The mercenary standing guard on the other side of the door at the top unlocked it at her approach, and she quickly made her way down the steep stairs. The door at the bottom similarly opened for her, revealing a small 10 meter by 10 meter guard station. Another locked durasteel door on the far wall led into the prisoner's cell. A small viewing window had been built into the door. There were two tables in the room. The larger stood off to the side of the door Sarah had just entered. 
the smaller was on wheels, measuring only a meter by half a meter. It had been pushed against the wall beside the cell door. Six of the soldiers she had sent to apprehend the prisoner were here, along with Lucia and the Huntress. The guards were seated in chairs around the larger table, playing cards. The two women were on opposite ends of the room, distancing themselves from those at the table and each other. Lucia was leaning against the wall for support, while the Huntress sat on the stone floor, her legs crossed, hands in her lap and her eyes closed. It looked as if she might have been meditating. As Sarah entered, the guards jumped up to stand at attention, as did Lucia. The Huntress opened her eyes and looked up at the princess, but otherwise made no move. Sarah wasn't even sure what the assassin was still doing here. She had already been paid for her services. But for some reason she had chosen to stay, as if she had some vested interest in the outcome of events. The princess shook her head. She had more important things she needed to worry about than the assassin. Okay, this part told us of what was happening back on Dome, but there wasn't much to discuss. Bane was in the cell, the Huntress hadn't left even though she had been paid, and Sarah had been putting off talking to Bane for three days. Other than that, not too much to talk about. So I think that's where we'll end today's episode. Join us tomorrow for the next part. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.